You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Chip Sedai. Wrapped in the void, he was only distantly aware of the weariness dimly perceiving the ache in arms and shoulders, in the small of his back a throb around the tender scar in his side. That he was aware of them at all, told the story. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded, and we have answered the call. Today we are covering The Fires of Heaven, Part 5, Chapters 36 through 43. Yes, as uh, back at it here, and, you know, um, we talked about this on youtube i don't think yeah. we did we talk about the movies the wheel of time movies on the podcast i don't know that we have I, I can't remember if we have or not um no or maybe it just came out right right when um we did part four but i still are you are you saying you want to talk about the movies because i'm all i'm all about these well i think i think you know. i think i think we'll, we'll we'll talk about it we'll talk about it again here i think i think that'll be it'll be it'll be it'll be it'll be fun and interesting uh then we've got a little bit of news um but how you been man how's it going you're getting ready to go on vacation again part two okay i, I feel like people yeah people are like what's up with this you know he's just going on vacation he just thinks he can just go do whatever yeah, he live wants. a little Got to live a little bit, man. Uh, no, actually, my vacation, uh, I got cut a little bit short in Costa Rica. Had some had some stuff uh, going on down there. That's where I went, by the way. Costa Rica, crazy place. If you can drive in Costa Rica, you can drive anywhere. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I, Matt, I was driving up, up hills. Like, if you go look at the video version of this podcast, I mean, straight up. Straight up. I mean, I was going yeah. up mountainsides. Uh, and the car, at one point, I thought, I think it's going to stall out. I was like, it's gonna stall out. I'm, I'm, I'm a goner, 
and people were passing me and like right. big trucks are passing me. So anyways, I was in Costa Rica. Uh, now, because of some life situations, we are continuing the podcast uh, where I'm taking my podcasting equipment with me. I have some really good internet over in Germany. But yeah, I'm taking a, a little little trip yeah. over to wow, just international Europe. man of mystery. Hey, I, do you use a way gate to get there, or how do how do you do, <laughs> how do you do I, it? Well, I wish, I wish that way I didn't have to fly. That way I didn't have to, you know, necessarily. Uh, I'm crossing an ocean. It's the first time I've crossed the ocean, the big pond. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm a little yeah. nervous. So, but the yeah, Atlantic, it'll be it's the Atlantic Ocean. It's not, it's not like the, it's, it's not the Pacific Ocean, but uh, an ocean's an ocean, and I don't, I don't like swimming in the ocean, and I sure as heck am not. I mean, I'm, I think flying is gonna be a little bit safer. I'm just glad I'm not casual. flying Spirit. Okay, yeah, it's flying casual. <laughs> yeah, it's oh like, it's, God. <laughs> Did you? I I was on. Uh, I was, terrible. I was on like TikTok or like or Twitter or something, and I saw a video of. You remember I call I called you from Costa Rica. I had to change my flight, and I went to Houston instead of going flying Spirit and going to um, Fort Lauderdale. And yeah. buddy, let me tell you right now, that flight was delayed for three days. Like like Fort Lauderdale was shut down because of a hurricane, and I'm so glad I switched up my my flight. And then I saw on TikTok. These flights that were coming into Florida around that hurricane, they don't, I mean, it's scary, man. The lights are yeah. off, like oxygen masks are dropping. And I'm like, what in the world? I should have never. Why did this come across my feed? And I feel like the more I talk about it now, I'm going to open up TikTok later. First thing I'm going to see airplane distress. And I'm like, wow. God dang it. Wow. Um, well, you know, I will say spirit is good for short flights. If you're flying short. Yeah. Yep. Spirits, spirits, I love spirits, it. just yeah. spirits, just fine. Because I've flown Spirit from Portland to Vegas before, and that's that's like an okay flight. I wouldn't do anything longer than that. Right. Uh, but you can also get tickets for like ten bucks. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like ordering something off Wish.com. All right, I wish <laughs> it's the right thing, you know, but well, typically, typically, it's not. Yeah, but hey, so. guys, this isn't a. But guys, th- we're not here to plug Spirit Airlines. Okay, they don't help us pay our bills. Okay. That's true. That's you know true. who does as? I mean, let's we got a we got a we got an announcement to sort of make today. Yeah, we do. This is really cool. I'm actually super pumped about this. And um, I so I came across. Uh, I do. You know, uh, the, for friends here know we do several podcasting projects. Uh, we work on Heroes of the Horn, Bend the Knee, Hyperspace Hangout. Uh, we've even got Matt's got his own, you know, video game podcast, Box Trick. You know, we've got other things. I work with uh, Lane, my buddy Lane on Uptalk and Tolkien. And I came across um, Minute Media. Minute Media kind of came out and, and spoke to Lane and I. And through getting to know them and, and Patrick and uh, Fan Sided, this network kind of, this opportunity emerged. And so we have been, you know, in, uh, talking with them over the last week or so. Talked to Patrick. He looked at the podcast, listened in on, on Matt and I and said, let's go, fellas. Let's come join the network. Okay, so let's go. <laughs> here we are. And I, I love this. And, and they're, they're wonderful folks. And they're actually really, really cool. And it's just kind of nice as a podcaster to have a network where you can kind of help one another. You can guest on shows. You guys can we can, you know, pick up some ads and things like that. Uh, because really, I, I mean, Sir Matt, we I don't think people understand. Uh, and I think you got to pay the bills. Yeah, and also this is it's a lot of work. This is a lot of, it's a lot of work to do this kind of stuff and we we love it. We want it to be kind of our work. We love making content and making 
you know, groups and places, spaces where people can come and talk about things like this. And it's one of our favorite things to do. So we, we love doing it, but also uh, it's, it's nice when we can kind of, you know, stick an ad in there at the beginning. So you might hear some mid-roll, uh, at least one mid-roll, maybe a pre-roll ad here and there from um, just our, our, new, our new venture here. And I think, that's a, I think it's, a, it's a good thing for us. So uh, if you guys notice that change, that shift in the podcast, bear with us. And that's just kind of what's going on. But what I think is even better... So first of all, thank you to them. Happy to be here. You're going to hear that across all of our other other podcasts and, and things, and it's a good opportunity for us. Um, we are we then get like these other ads that we can. I've always wanted. So I, I'm a big podcast listener. Like I like to listen to podcasts. One of my favorite podcasts that I ever listened to uh, was Rebel Force Radio, and I will never forget when they did the Me Undies promotion. I, I, so we're, I'm not promoting MeUndies right now, but I'm telling you right now, I, listening to those guys talk about MeUndies was one of the most hilarious things ever. And now I have the they have Star Wars MeUndies, man. You can get, they do. I know. You get it's, baby it's Yoda MeUndies. It's, it's amazing. Um, so it was. So now we have this opportunity to talk about a product, and we get to kind of opt in on these things and pick the ones that you want to talk about and stuff. So this for Matt and I, I, I don't know. Is it, is it perfect? I think it's 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 a great kind of intro. It's perfect. It's actually, this. It, yeah, it goes, it's, it goes, it goes well with what we've been talking about the past week <laughs> and this week. Because you know what? Sometimes you might find yourself standing there as naked as the day you were born. Okay, <laughs> and you got to make sure you're looking good. Oh my god! And what's the best? And what's the best way to make sure you're looking good? As oh, but you got it. You've got to trim up. You've got to get. You've got to get manscaped. Let's go. So Manscape is literally our first like product that we, we get a chance to kind of talk about on here. And I'm, I, 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 think, I think this is freaking awesome. We were like going over before the show, you know, who are the characters in Wheel of Time that might need this? And I didn't even think about that, but ran Loyal. desperately. Number. Hey, even well, Avienda, you know, it's Manscape, but sometimes, you know. Yeah. Yes, and there's sure. naked as the day she was born. I didn't write that. That's what the book says. That's for, that's for sure. That is for sure. So yeah. Anyway, so we, that we're we're pumped to kind of uh, read this for you guys, and hopefully you'll you'll go check it out. And also, this is a really good tool. I'm not even making this up. Like, I actually am excited to get one of these bad boys. So, you know, I mean, it just uh, I I think I think they're cool. I've always liked their branding on Manscaped, so I think it's awesome. So, give us the intro here. Let's let's get into this. Well, as I mean, you know, this summer you got a lot going on, all right? The Olympics, the Euros, baseball, major championship and concert events are all in the summer, but you know what isn't? A wild and hairy <laughs> bush. All right. You gotta tame right. pubes with right. the help from our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming. Their fourth generation performance package includes the brand new lawnmower 4.0. If an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat yours like Olympic gold? Fellas, do right by your balls and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going with the code FANSIDED20. Yeah, and we're going to tell you where to put that code into here in a second, but I, I wanted to also mention like, so one of the things I love about Manscaped is their slogans and their branding, as I said. And one of the things I, I went to their website and one of the first things I saw and I thought this is this is perfect. It says when you trim the hedges, the tree stands that much taller. And I was like, holy smokes, I'm not making that up. That's literally from Manscaped and it's awesome. So they talk about the proper grooming, uh, you know, it requires precise engineered tools. Uh, not only does a man's sensitive areas require it, but hygiene 
demands it. I'm telling you right now, that's actually kind of true. People need to check their hygiene. All right. I think it's important and it's, it's something we don't talk enough about. Uh, and kids need educated on, especially young men growing up. You remember we all had that talk back in high school about hygiene. Uh, Manscaped should probably, you know, be a part of that conversation as well. But so uh, it's kind of cool. So they have this is their 4.0 performance package uh, where in which they're introducing. And this I think this came out a couple months back, but it's the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Uh, and you can get the kind of whole package, which has like the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, which, by the way, thankfully, I'm wearing headphones right now because, bro, the, the ear hair can get out of control. You guys know this. I mean, it's it's a legit thing. I think Loyal and I have, I mean, the bushy eyebrows too, like that's something that you got to tame that stuff up, man. It's not all just below the belt stuff here. So you've got the weed whacker, ear and nose, uh, hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant. Didn't even know that was a thing, by the way, until I, I came across Manscaped. I'm telling you right now, it's it's important, fellas. Life-changing. Life-changing. It is, it is what it is. So uh, those are just a couple of those things. They're also throwing in, like this is kind of a nice big package, right? They're throwing in, um, some different gifts, like two free gifts, performance boxer briefs, and uh, the shed travel bag. The branding on this is hilarious, right? You got the lawnmower, the weed whacker, the shed travel bag. I mean, that's this is like legit, bro. <laughs> so, oh, I just think it's I just think it's awesome. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, with that, yeah. Basically, our call the call to action here is head over to uh, manscape.com. You can get twenty. 20% off and free shipping when you put that fansided20 code in at manscaped.com. So it's, again, fansided20. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided20. Um, and there you go, guys. I mean, it's a great. I think it's, it's if, even if you don't want it for yourself, I think it's a good gift, actually. Yeah, I think absolutely. it's a really good gift. And, I mean, I'm just It says I'm it happy. has a 400,000 LED spotlight. Right. Well, now, I think. Come on. That's a lot. That's a, I mean, hey, man, let the light shine upon you. Okay. <laughs> let the light. Yeah. I, hey, it gets dark sometimes, you know. You gotta for, get the, the, you gotta for get, the light. For the light. Can you imagine? So now I'm picturing Inktar holding up the lawnmower 4.0 saying, for the light. <laughs> and he's just trimming. Light. He's just trimming it all up. Anyways. Um, so there you go, friends. Yeah. First little kind of fun uh, read through. And we'll have more of those on the show. But um Pumped. I'm pumped to be a part of the network. I'm pumped to be kind of in, you know, working with this group. And I'm, I'm hoping to get, you know, Sir Matt and I get a chance to meet more of the other podcasters and talk to them. And it's just kind of a cool little community. And by the way, if you're into like sports podcast, Fansite is really well known for their sports podcast. They're trying to kind of bring mm -hmm. in this other side of things where it's like fandoms, you know, so you're looking at like some of that sci-fi nerdy fantasy type stuff. They're known for sports and they're kind of expanding in, in this direction and that's perfect for us because we're both sports guys we love that kind of stuff and we're into you know fantasy talk so yeah absolutely absolutely all right as well with that i mean a little bit of news here uh yeah. talking about the tv show and talking about the and talking about the movie so let's talk a little bit here about the movies again we talked about it on youtube um but we'll briefly mention again uh Seems like we're going to be getting some sort of movies. There's like no real details other than that. That's that's about it. Seems like they're going to be sort of prequel movies, plural. And we're not sure if it's going to tie in or if it's going to be standalone. If you, there are characters who would cross over into that, somebody, some of the Forsaken who've been around for an incredibly long time, like Lanfear, is she? Would you go with the same actress? 
we don't really know. We don't know, you know, any of the licensing rights or any of that stuff. All that's really been announced. And again, this could all completely fall through. This is one of those things that feels so early on that it could just get canceled. And that's all, all, all we ever see or hear about it. So, but interesting idea, interesting concept. I mean, more Wheel of Time sounds good, but there's some pushback by the, the, the people who've done it. Cause I think they worked on that 2011 Wheel of Time pilot pilot that you can go find yeah. it on youtube and robert jordan wasn't particularly fond of that so there yeah. seems to be a little bit of controversy around it yeah yeah that's that's a good point i <clears throat> i wasn't real sure because I, I from what i had read and what we talked about on youtube is that um one of the show consultants for wheel of time sarah was on her twitter and had said something about possibly knowing some of the individuals who were either producing or possibly writing or, or working on these prequels and so there was a, a, a gentle kind of tie to the Amazon show, but nothing official. And one of them, as, as you said, it was revealed either worked on the pilot or I, I'm not really sure the media company that is behind that is backing this or, or how, you know, the rights were given to this. Do I like the idea? Do I think it's cool that you would have a Wheel of Time uh, prequel show and that we would go back to the Age of Legends and make it a three, just a nice trilogy uh, that would that would complement the the show, I do. But what I want to see, I, I would love to see something like a Lanfear actress uh, be cast in the Wheel of Time series and then go play in the movies. And I don't know that that's going to happen unless it's backed by Amazon or or that they don't feel like they're going to be connected. You want the Trollocs and you want the costumes and stuff to look the same. So the it's same. Just tricky. I don't really know. I like the idea, but it's not so sure how I feel about uh, not really having a studio behind it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, interesting, interesting. We will see. Okay, as we have another little bit of news, uh, Jordan Con, as you know, was this past sort of this weekend. We're currently in uh, recording this, and Rafe Judkins came out and said, "Hey, we're filming season two. Hey, hi to everybody at Jordan Con." He said. Uh, that we will see the trailer by the end of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of the summer. So he seemed a little nervous when he was speaking, but I guess he says he gets a little nervous when he speaks publicly. Now yeah. you and I jokingly on this, on this podcast have joked a lot about Rafe. Just, just go look at his time on survivor. Uh, not as a producer, of course, as a contestant of survivor. Right. Um, and so I don't know, man. I'm going to go. I'm going to be a Debbie Downer here. End of the summer. Comic-Con's next week. Okay. What is going on? Are they okay. trying to bury this trailer? Okay. Something's no. off. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. So I did a little bit of uh, research here on this. I need Ez to bring me back to the light on this, guys, because because Matt's Sir going Jimmy down a and dark uh, path. Sir, Sir Jimmy and I think something's wrong. Okay, we think okay. We, you know, L let me salvage. I think he's a, I, is he a is he a false showrunner? I mean, what is, is he a false here? showrunner? Oh my god, dude! That that's that's no, he is not. Let me back him up here. So. This is a uh, shout out to dragonmount.com. So if you are into Wheel of Time, you probably know about Dragon Mount. Good community, good on YouTube, good on their blog. Um, they had, uh, I, think it's, I think it's Adam. Oh gosh, I forget his last name. He goes by Worthead. I think it's Whitehead. Isn't that his last name? 
Sorry, mm-hmm. Adam. I'm totally blanking so. right now. He, yeah. Yeah. He writes for a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Adam Whitehead. Yeah. Adam Whitehead. Yeah. He's a, he's their, one of their right. TV bloggers. Uh, so he's been writing about film and television and Wheel of Time for quite a bit. Uh, this is an article that he wrote about as to why we will not get a trailer. So before Rafe announced that, that it would be at the end of the summer, he was already saying that uh, he does not think we're going to get a trailer during Comic-Con. So he was right about that. I don't think he had any inside information on that. I think he was looking at a recent, a very recent shift in Amazon's promotional thing. Uh, so basically, let me, let me read mm-hmm. some of this to you guys here. And again, go check out their blog, dragonmount.com. Go look up this post. But he said, a, a big moment will come when the show unveils its first proper trailer for the series. Some are hoping that will come at this year's virtual Comic-Con event where the Wheel of Time showrunner um, or shadow runner <laughs> Rafe Jutkins will be appearing on a panel with several several other writers and, and creatives. Uh, this is the only Wheel of Time related event at Comic Con concurrently scheduled. The panel takes place at 11 a.m. Uh, on the 23rd of July, so coming up here soon. However, it appears doubtful that this will actually be the case. The panel is sequential is is, uh, is a sequential series of relatively brief discussions. First with Jukins, and then you've got other showrunners for other shows, it looks like, right? Uh, the event is relatively low-key. I think if Amazon were planning to launch, uh, planning a launch for the TV show as soon as September or maybe early October, they'd go all in with a full virtual Comic-Con panel. Um, so he's kind of saying this panel might be a little bit lighter than what we are thinking it's going to be like you're not going to have actors up there you're not going to have um different different individuals yeah and it's virtual yeah which is fine now one this post doesn't show it but there was another it was someone else on dragonmount.com also said that amazon has shifted the way they promote things instead of doing like a six months out or eight months or whatever it might be uh, a thing about a month or two prior or three months at max which you, you, Matt's probably thinking like, right, okay, it's July, bro. Like, when is, when is this going to be? Is it going to be December? I mean, when, when's the show? We don't actually know that. Well, the end exact of, date. well, end of the summer is end of the summer, September. Right. So <clears throat> let's see three months. So that this yeah, this makes sense. If they're going to do what this individual said is that Amazon recently has been doing massive promos where basically they're, they're saturating everything that they can with that show. They're throwing it in your face over and over and over in a lot of different ways and they're bombarding you all at once and not making you wait that long they're not making you wait six eight nine months or whatever they're not they're saying no no no, just wait a month or two and this is out or this is coming out in the next month and so he was trying to hint that this is a new tactic that they're trying and they're seeing if it makes you know more success whereas we were thinking if you don't have a trailer and you're not ready to go is it because the show's bad or you're trying are you not you're not you know, you know, why wouldn't you want to promote it earlier or sooner? And then we thought pandemic, COVID, you don't have the, the all the shots that you want. You're still really rapidly working on it and you're trying to meet this window where it's not competing against other shows. Or is it just that they have a very different tactic uh, as far as promoting it that maybe Rafe has nothing to do with? I mean, that is what they were kind of saying on Dragon Mountain. I thought, well, that's interesting. Um, they had mentioned other shows, by the way. So they had backed it up with like, other shows that have done this on Amazon. Right. Amazon they're, shows. Yeah. And they're not saying it's successful or, or anything at all. They're just saying it's a tactic that it seems it's like a different, they're trying. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that maybe when they don't more hopeful, I guess. When maybe they, when Amazon doesn't, Amazon certainly doesn't have the catalog that any of the other streaming 
companies do. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, because it's just what's interesting is I'll use a Disney Plus show, like let's say The Mandalorian, right? Mandalorian season two, we got a trailer, um, you know, months and months and months ahead. And it was only like the first four episodes. And a lot mm-hmm. of, things will do that hey here's that's how disney does it at least here they'll, they'll show you a lot from those first sort of few episodes then they'll do another trailer going forward mm-hmm. but it seems like they do it so far so far ahead and then you know you'll get more tv spots and stuff as you get, as you get closer and closer well what the interesting thing here is that we know the first six episodes have been done and you've been sitting on footage for so long so like what's the like this the so the way we view it is like what's the what's the problem like is yeah. there, <laughs> and then and then the little bit of promotional material we've gotten, especially with like Blousegate, right? Like, why did we see just her eyes? And then all oh, this one sort of leaked, not supposed to come out, but it does, you know. And so it's like things seem a little fishy with it, and it's like, what's yeah. going on? They they didn't want that to come out, but it leaked, right. and then they're kind of, uh, and then they delete it, and you know, what's right. the the choices of what they picked and stuff? So. I'm just playing the dark ones advocate here. I know you are. I know you are. And that's fine with me. That's why I'm trying to I'm trying to bring the light back here and say that uh, a a false shadow has been cast over Rafe, perhaps. And he maybe has nothing to do with the promotional, which actually kind of makes sense. Right. He's the show runner. Hopefully producers. Yeah. And hopefully he's like and I think this is what he'll talk about maybe a bit at, at the panel. Um because sometimes we only have that one person's name and we just throw everything at Rafe or like, you know, with, with Dan and Dave for right. Game of Thrones. Like if there's a promotional issue, is it also their job to do that? To, you know, kind of right. Thing it's kind of like in Star Wars, how we praise Dave Filoni, the showrunner and, and right. John Favreau, the showrunners. But then we criticize the holy heck out of Cat Kathleen Kennedy. Right. And she hires like the, he was like the, <laughs> he's like the producer. She's like the executive. Right. right? And so, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. We won't criticize the directors for some of the sequels in, in Star Wars, but we will criticize. Oh, the well, well, I will. I will. Criticize I know you will. I know you will. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I'll so yeah, talk about right. Ryan Johnson all day long. Oh, my God. Um, no, anyways. So I, I think this is uh, this is this is good. And, and maybe it was nice to have someone come out and kind of share that with with audiences and stuff, because Rafe's done a good job of saying brace for the show brace for it to be different he's helping the i think the book reading fandom that's already there the the wheel of time the wheelers right now adjust to what will be a tv show and love it and get behind it and share that because that's going to help them push it and promote it and drive in ratings and reviews and all that kind of stuff but um it was nice to have someone kind of come out and say hey this could just be an amazon tactic nothing wrong with the show but it might be a poor marketing strategy, or maybe it's a successful one. We haven't seen, you know, we don't really know uh, what to think yet. But you just, you know, when when you're used to something, right, Sir Matt? Like when you're used to a certain way in which other streaming services or studios release and promote stuff, and you it doesn't go that way, you start to think, oh, wait, are they either doing something different, or did I miss something, or is this bad? And I don't think it's bad. I think it's. Right. I'm hoping that it's just different. So yeah. So. Okay. All right. As well, let's move over to our reread today. So a little less chapters today, but they were a little bit longer. Um, So we did space this out. This this books we sort of spaced these out into parts, with roughly it's about uh, five five hours of content to read per per episode. So 
Um, so let's see here. So we have chapter, so we're doing chapters 36 through 43. So chapter 36, a new name. Chapter 37, performances in Samara. 38, an old acquaintance. 39, encounters in Samara. 40, the wheel weaves. 41, the craft of Kin Tover. 42, before the arrow. And 43, this place, this day, which would probably be our extended edition uh, episode yep. over on Patreon and then soon Apple podcast premium so um chapter 36 a new name elaine is watching brigetta sleep listening as she calls out for guidel kane to wait for her brigetta looks better than she did earlier but is still pale and drawn Nynaeve eventually returns from her walk and she has obviously been crying Nynaeve tells elaine that she would like to watch brigette watch like to watch brigette you sleep, I'll watch her. I have to watch her. Elaine stands up and goes outside for a walk, leaving the other two women alone. Elaine finds Tom and Julian outside by a small fire. Julian hands a silver arrow to Elaine, saying that he found it when he and Tom discovered Brigitte. Um, they seem to know who she is, though Elaine holds her promise of not telling anyone about her. Julian and Tom and tell Elaine and Nynaeve uh, that she was acting very distraught. She cried on Tom's shoulder and apologized for every crossword she'd ever said to him. Elaine decides that Tom and Julian deserve to know at least some of what's going on. She tells them about Teleron Riyadh and Mogadine, the Black Aja, and the Forsaken. She tells them that they may leave if they wish, but they both say that they'll stay. Elaine goes back into the wagon that she shares with Nynaeve. She manages to get Nynaeve to go to bed. And although Elaine had intended to stay up and watch Brigitte, um, she falls asleep too. When she awakens, it is to find Brigitte is awake. They speak for some time and Brigitte decides to be Elaine's warder and friend. Um, the next morning, Nynaeve is waiting on uh, Brigitte hand and foot since she still feels that it was her fault that she was pulled out of Teleron Riyadh. They leave the wagon and Brigitte ends up beating uh, Valen Luca or betting Valen Luca that she can outshoot him. 100 crowns of gold to, the, to his one. She shoots four arrows at a target, the second two splitting the first two right down the shaft. Luca is delighted. He decides that instead of having Tom throw knives at Nynaeve during the show, he will have Brigitte shoot arrows at Nynaeve. Brigitte tells Luca to call her uh, Marion. Uh, since that was her name during once of her former lives. So, yeah, kind of in interesting chapter here. I mean, and I, um, you know, Brigitte Silverbow or Brigetta Silverbow, as mm -hmm. I'll probably go back and forth, and we say that every time, but that's just how it is. Um, Brigetta Silverbow is in the real world now. Yep. And she is now Elaine's warder. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's yeah. not and and the summary here on tarvalon.net says that uh Brigetta decides to be Elaine's warder and friend. That's not sort of exactly how that goes down. It's more like Elaine makes her her warder. That was an yeah. interesting choice of words on the summary there. Right. I think we didn't she... write these summaries, by the way. There. No, no, yeah. Shout out to them, by the way. Yeah, Tarvalon Library, great place, a great yeah. resource um for that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, that's a good point. There is uh I think you know she she does it the bond is done to save her life um and, and to preserve her but she eventually kind of after she tells a story so here here is um uh Brigitte talking about uh a warder she's like i think i remember hearing a tale of a female warder 
but it was in a life so long ago that I cannot remember more than that. Uh, It was time for another deep breath, and this time she had to force the words. There is something you should know. Uh, You will discover it sooner or later, and I've decided not to keep things from people who have a right to know. Not unless I'm not unless it's an absolute must. So this is Elaine talking. She takes a third deep breath and she says, "I'm not Aes Sedai. I'm only accepted." And so now, not only do we have a female warder, but we have an accepted who's bonded someone. And then uh, Brigitte kind of says, "You know," she holds off. She says, "During the Trolloc Wars, an accepted actually that she knew uh, bonded a fellow. Uh, she was due to be tested the next day for raising to full full Aes Sedai." and certain to be given the shawl, but she was afraid that a woman testing that same day would take the person who she wanted to be as her warder. So she bonded someone before she was eyes to die. Elaine's kind of like, well, what happened? You know, during the Trolloc Wars, the tower was raising women as quickly as they could to, to, to the shawl, so that way they could fight in the Trolloc War. Um, and she's like, needless to say, uh, once it was discovered... Uh, even though it was of necessity or what have you, and it was a time of war, this offense was not taken lightly. And so it wasn't the bonding didn't go about a certain sequence of events as, as it should have, right? So Elaine, is, or I'm sorry, not Elaine, but this this um, this accepted was punished, and she had to work in the kitchens, and she had to do a lot of different penance that the Omerlin seat gave her and they moved the water. They, they removed the bond and they passed his bond to someone else. So keep that in mind, mm. something new that you can do. You can pass these bonds if, if you want to. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool. Wow. Sounds like, sounds, sounds like a uh, possibility of uh, one land Mandragoran's bond being passed. Maybe. Maybe possibility. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. We know it's a possibility now. So, uh, yeah. I can that you was... break the bond? Can you? Can you? Can you say, okay, you're done. You don't have to be my warder anymore. Uh, I think they. Can. That's like a really can, good question. I think you can. Are release. you bonded? Are you? Are you? Or do you have to have a bond for like ever? I think you can release it. I think, but I, I know the transfer is a thing. But I remember like um. When Moraine is talking about land, she's like, if I have to, I will force, like, she can use the bond to force him to do things if she, almost like she's right. compelling him to do stuff. And the only reason she would do that is if he, if it, right. if he was needlessly putting his life in danger and not obeying what she, right. you know, I, I have to check. I think so. I think if you, I think you can just be um, like, okay, you're done now. You can go. Yeah. You know, the crazy thing too, with the bond, you remember like, if a warder loses his Aes Sedai, he will seek death himself because that bond, he feels a loss there or something as well. So uh, the bond is interesting. It's, you can feel, you can sense one another through it. So this is all new for Elaine and, and Brigitte, and they're talking about, you know, what this bond means. I think somewhere in here she does say, um, yeah, something about being proud to be her friend and, and you know, that she enjoys Elaine's company and, and things like that. So, uh, yeah. So maybe she does kind of, in a way, accept it and say, I will be your warder. Not just that I'm bonded to you, but I will be your warder. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, um, okay. what, what, actually, what, one more quick thing, too. 
uh, Elaine does decide to tell Tom and Julian about the Black Aja and all the stuff that's going on, as you mentioned. And that's kind of a big deal because now they're they knew they were up against something uh, when they're when they visit the Panarch and they're fighting. They didn't even know at the time really what it was that Nynaeve and Elaine are after and what they're about. Now, like they're full in on this secret and the dangers, and she gives them the option to leave, and they're like, yeah. "Nah, we're good. We're staying." And then uh, let's talk. And then then this is where things are going to go. This is going to be that next chapter of performances. Uh, Valen Luca challenging for Geta. Okay, yeah. buddy. You know, that's, that's uh, yeah. Making yeah. a wager. Yeah, that's yeah. And he loves it, right? He loves it. Like she's such a good shot and this is a talent and it's going to add to his show. And that's all he cares about is just having the biggest and the best show. So that's kind of funny. She fits right in. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next chapter here, um, uh, which is 37 uh, performances in Samara, right? So just continuing right on here. So Nynaeve and uh, Brigitte are dressed in their uh, in their revealing red dresses, red, red dresses for Luca's show. Nynaeve is holding her shawl tightly around herself and Brigitte asks, if you are going to wear the dress, why cover up? Brigitte confronts Nynaeve about how she is uh, waiting hand and foot on her. Uh, Nynaeve tries to explain that everything is all her fault. Brigitte argues that she made her own decisions and that Nynaeve is trying to make her less by claiming responsibility. Brigitte tells Nynaeve that she used to like her, but that she no longer does with Nynaeve acting the way she is acting. After this exchange, they separate. Nynaeve begins to walk through the circus, watching as everyone gets ready. She sees Tom juggling and eating fire. Uh, she also sees a man with a top knot who looks familiar, but she is not paying much attention to him. Finally, she reaches the high rope. She and Luca watch as Julian staggers forward, looking drunk. He approaches the ladder and stares up at one of the platforms with some people urging him on uh, and Luca trying to talk him out of it. Julian sets a mug down on the ground and begins to climb the ladder. He reaches the platform, swaying back and forth. He reaches out uh, one foot, uh, the rope and then jerks it back thinks and then gets an idea he proceeds to crawl out onto the rope the whole time the crowd is roaring with laughter and luca is trying to convince him to come back down halfway across the rope julian stops he falls but catches himself on the rope with one hand and a knee he then makes his way hand over hand to the other platform once there he looks back and, and seems to realize that he left uh his drink on the other side this time, he walks smoothly across the rope and slides down the ladder. Everyone then realizes it was all an act, and the crowd loves it. Elaine appears uh, and and stops. Elaine appears and stops next to Julian. She is dressed in white breeches and a jacket, both of which have sequins on them. She goes up the ladder, and the crowd applauds. Elaine walks across the rope, whereas she used to weave a platform of air while practicing. Nynaeve knows. Uh, that, at, that this time she is actually walking across it. When she gets to the other platform, she gets even more of a, an applause than Julian did. Going back, she pivots on the rope a few times. She nearly falls once, but manages to make it back to the platform. Next, she cartwheels along the rope. She does some more pivots and a backflip and one more round of cartwheels before she finishes. When she gets to the ground, the crowd rushes towards Elaine, the man with the top knot, who also only has one eye, turns and walks away, muttering something under his breath. Nynaeve suddenly recognizes him and hurries after him. 
So yeah, this is kind of a it's kind of a fun chapter, really. They're they're performing here in this uh, in this menagerie. You, we start with Nynaeve like feeling really bad about the whole Brigitte thing. She even tells her at one point, and I don't think it's in this chapter. But I think it's the next one um, where she's like, "If you if you want to miss and kill me, right? Like if, if you yeah. want to hit me with the area, I I would under I would understand why." Yeah, and that's the part I kind of had pulled up here, which is so she when she's talking to Brigitte, she's just I mean, she is almost offended that like she gave her life so that Nynaeve could get away. Now you want me to take it? No way. I don't think so. And also, you're not getting off the hook that that easy. You've got work to do. You know, keep your chin up. Let's go. And she's kind of mocking Nynaeve a little bit, almost making her angry and realizing that this is a way to get her uh, fired up and to keep her living and to keep her, you know, whatever. So they have this 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 conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was my foolish pride that made me think I could best her again, and my cowardice that let her that let her. If I had not been so afraid, I could I could not spit. I might have done something in time. So she's talking about like when she's facing down Mogidian, and she's calling herself a coward, and and uh, Brigitte says a coward, right? And she's opening her eyes and and just you know you I thought. You had more sense than to confuse fear with cowardice. You could have fled Teleron Riyadh when Mogidian released you, but you stayed to fight. No fault or blame to you that you could not. Um, so then she's kind of she goes back and forth, and you know basically just tries to kind of encourage her. But at the same time, once she dismisses Nynaeve and, and Nynaeve walks out, she's like, "Now don't forget to curtsy like a good little girl," and she's just like. <laughs> Yeah, so Nynaeve is, is this back and forth of frustrated, uh, not used to being talked to like this, but Brigitte is very good at motivating people and keeping them encouraged and, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, let's move to the, let's move to the next, the next chapter here. So 38, an old acquaintance. Nynaeve hurries after the man with the top knot. She finally catches up with him and the man Uno stops when she calls out to him. Nynaeve says that she saw him at Faldara and at Toman Head and mentions Rand. Uno tells her that he recognizes her. He grabs her arm and starts to pull her away, but she pulls herself free. Uno mentions for her to follow him, and she does. She demands to know what he is doing. He says, what I am flaming trying to do is take you to where we can flaming well talk without you being torn to flaming bits by flaming folk and try to kiss your flaming hem when they find out that you flaming know the Lord Dragon. Yes. Wow. So, yes. The word the word flaming there, right? That sort of yeah. you know the, the Robert Jordan word of uh you know, the F word, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Nynaeve tells him to moderate his language. Uno tells Nynaeve that this is no place for her to be and that he has enough coin to get her to tear, since that is where the rumors say Rand is. The whole time, he is trying not to swear much, and he is having some trouble doing so. Nynaeve asks what he is doing in Samara, and he replies that he and the other Shinarans had been sent by Moraine to find someone in uh, Janaya. But when they arrived, they found that she was dead. Nynaeve Lynn learns that uh, Masima uh, is the prophet of the Dragon Reborn. Uno agrees to take Nynaeve to Masima, but warns her not to mention Tarvalin since Masima isn't very friendly towards the Aes Sedai. Yeah. And so let me do, I guess, you know, we did uh, one of our Patreon episodes, our extended edition. We kind of did those come and go characters, right, Matt? We were talking about people who show up and, and um, 
we, we haven't heard from in a while, and they, all of a sudden they come back. So now we've got Uno, uh, someone from the Great Hunt, showing back up here, guiding her back to what we've been hearing, rumors of this prophet of the dragon, and it's Masima. And Masima was one of the Shinarans who was first calling uh, Rand and the Dragon Reborn Lord Dragon and was kind of his man and really wanted to know what he was what he was about, what he needed, and they were great followers of him. They were with him in the Great Hunt. They saw him uh, face down. They saw the battle in the sky over Falma. And Rand leaves, right? And he goes and abandons them and does his own thing. Well, the prophet, Masima, and the, these other Shinarans, they then kind of go do their own thing. They start spreading the good word. Have you heard about our Lord and Savior, Rand Althor? <laughs> do you have time yeah. to speak about the Lord Dragon today? Um, and he's, he's, a, he's, he's, he's a radical, a radical guy. So he's back. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as, I mean, you know, and again, some of these chapters are really short. Uh, some of these were like 14 minutes yeah. and, and, and stuff and stuff like that. that was so, a short one. Uh, it feels like, wow, we just blew through like three chapters, but that's just sort of how some of these go. So, oh, um, yeah. and then it continues again here into chapter 39 encounters in Samara. So, um, Nynaeve is following Uno through the streets of Samara. They meet up with one of the other Shinarans, Reagan. Uh, and proceed to where Masima is staying. Uno and Regan are forced to give up their weapons before entering. Once they are inside, they are stopped and told that the prophet is busy. He is speaking to a woman who is wearing a lot of jewelry. Nynaeve is surprised about their exchange, which is about law in Giladon. The woman hands over all of her jewelry to Masima. Nynaeve is told that even uh, that every penny goes to the poor. When the woman leaves, Nynaeve, Uno, and uh, Regan are admitted. Masima is disapproving of Nynaeve's appearance. Uno quickly introduces her. This is Nynaeve Almera from Enfield in the Two Rivers, where the Lord Dragon comes. She was at Faldara with the Lord Dragon and at Falma. The Lord Dragon uh, rescued her at Falma. The Lord Dragon cares for her as a mother. Masima recognizes her and is ecstatic. He says that Nynaeve can help him, can relate to the people the first words of wisdom of the Lord Dragon and the miracles that accompanied his childhood. Nynaeve cautiously replies that the Lord Dragon has summoned her to Tyr and that she needs a riverboat in order to reach him. Masima reluctantly agrees to help her. Once Nynaeve, Uno, and Regan leave, the two Shinarans tell Nynaeve about what is happening in Giladon since Masima arrived. Nynaeve learns that the, a, that the woman who had been speaking to Masima was Aliendra the queen of Kiladon. At first, she thinks that uh, Eliandra is doing a horrible job as queen, submitting to the e submitting so easily to the prophet. Uno and Regan tell her that there have been four monarchs on the throne. Uh, Jonayan th uh, thought that Masima was a harmless madman and did nothing about the crown, uh, about the crowds growing in Kiladon. He died in a hunting accident. Uh, Elzira, who succeeded him, tried to disperse the crowds. She was poisoned. Uh, Teresia uh, replaced her, and after she sent soldiers against folk who had gathered to hear Masima, she supposedly abducted, uh, abdicated a, to marry a rich merchant, though she, of course, had no choice. Aliendra is the fourth ruler in a past year, and immediately upon gaining the throne, informed Masima that he would not be troubled again. 
It is once it is only by submitting to the prophet that she keeps her life and her throne. It is then that they realize there is a white cloak following them. And Eve tells Uno and Reagan to take the next turn so that she can get a look at his face. And it is Galad. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so what's interesting, if you have a sec, uh, Sir Matt, pull up a Wheel of Time map, okay? Just if you have one and, and take mm-hmm. a second, I, I'll, I'll, I'll guide us through some of this. So there is, um, I think it's a good thing. After we did that Patreon episode where we talked about characters and where they've been and what has happened it reminded me you do have to look back sometimes and if you look at a map and you go to the far uh if you go east no i'm sorry west far west that western uh the arth ocean coast you see tanchico uh in in, in taraban this is where elaine and nynaeve are yeah like like they they kind of move from west to east and they actually sneak down past uh, amadicia and then up into giladon and this Samara is a town in Giladon. Um, they've had, remember from the very get-go, Giladon has been mentioned as a place where the Red Aja were showing up to capture Loghain. Here, if you, uh, give, if yeah. you give me, uh, if you give me the permission here for those of you, who, oh, yeah. the, for those of you watching on on Patreon, uh, or on you, the, if you're a patron, you have the ability to see the video versions of these. Yeah, there you um, go mm-hmm. on YouTube. And I can uh, I, I'll screen share here and we can go through this because it's really cool. Yeah. Okay. As, so now we're screen shared here. This is the 4K map that I modded. Yeah. Um, okay. So where are we at? We are. Right. So over here to the because uh, originally, if you want to go back even further, so like tier. Remember when they're all in tier and this whole quest is split up and and you have Elaine mm-hmm. kind of they they get with the. Um, the sea folk and they learn about the the wind uh the ability of the sea folk to use the one power to travel anyways they get over to tanchico and which is if you go all the way around the coast you're gonna see so go around um uh ilian get go around abudar keep going and i think yeah right and then there you go there you go over over by tanchico so they start to kind of work down uh, from west to east over to to Giladon. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah see, it's, I'll, you'll I'll, see it I'll there draw again here. And I just think it's kind of neat to look at this Once and remember yeah, where, right over here. yeah, where everything is at, uh, and what sort of happened because it feels like we bounce around so much and we don't really remember where everyone was at. And I just think it's kind of cool to to take a take a gander and go back and. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you go, you get, sorry, yeah, you go, you take that, yeah, you take this entire, this entire path right this way, or right yeah. along, right along that, that southern coast there. Yeah, so, um, let me check on one thing here, too, because, and this has to tie, this is a tie-in with Galad, I just want to make sure I'm getting it right. Yeah, she and Nynaeve then ventured to Tanchico to save the Panarch of Taraban from the Black Aja. They then uh, they make their way to um yeah they are making their way to um they're trying to find the other uh the other Aes Sedai right the, that split faction from the White Tower but the course mm-hmm. that they take takes them through Amadicia and I think down just below the Mountains of Mist and under um near Amador and that is like uh, we right. mentioned this in past episodes that's the White uh, white cloak like capital. I mean, that's where you got a lot of white cloaks in that right. area. 
Uh, so this is why, you know, Galad, if he's gone from the White Tower down to this region, it makes sense as to why you would run into him here in Giladon, uh, Samara, and this is this is kind of that encounter. And we don't really get to track him all the way from the White Tower down here. We just know that he hooked up with the white with the white cloaks, and then that's eventually where he's at. So that's a really interesting region. Um, and for me, sometimes I have to go back and refresh myself on where the white cloak armies are and their leaders, their generals, and Lord Commander, and what what all they're doing. Yeah, you circled Falma. Uh, and, and Tillman Head, that was, again, the Great Hunt. And, yeah, and, and originally, when we did this, like, our whole group moves north or through the Mountains of Mist and then down to Tyr. And then now we've got, like, once there, there's that split, and then you start jumping around like crazy, which is awesome with the way gates or the, I'm sorry, the um, the portal stones. Oh, so after, know. you know, that was awesome. You're leaving Tyr, portal stone, boom, you're out near Rudion and you're in the I.O. Waste. And Elaine and Tom and Julian and Nynaeve, they take the sea over to Tanchico and then cut back east to, to Giladon. So just cool. It's cool to kind of refresh right. ourselves as to where everyone's at. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good to pull up that map every now and then. Yeah. So. Um, oh, okay, one more thing. So as, let's as you, uh, dive. Yeah, you, you pull up that next kind of, let's take us to the next chapter. One more thing uh, as you as you pull that up. I wanted to mention the prophet, his power here. So that is the other queen of Giladon. And it's like, they listen. I mean, he's got the people so riled up and so stirred up. Very interesting. You think about Loghain and you think about the false dragon and the following that he had that literally gets out of control. White cloaks can't handle it all by themselves. You got the red sisters, uh, the red Aja coming down. To, to handle him and Giladon, and now you've got this queen who is not bowing and scraping. At first, Nynaeve's kind of like, I can't believe she would just give in to the prophet's wishes and do what he wants and donate her money and uh, jewelry and things, and he's, they're like, no, I mean, she's the fourth one. Like, everyone else who didn't do it, they're gone. Yeah. They're deposed. So Yeah, she, yeah I mean, what, what, what else are you going to do? I mean, there's just so much turmoil right. that's going on over there. How else are you going to, yeah. Yep um okay so let's see here so now we're on to chapter 40 the wheel weaves so Nynaeve leads uno and uh regan down a nearby ally but galad follows them when uno and regan uh shield Nynaeve from him galad informs them that he doesn't want to kill either of them Nynaeve tells them to let him by Nynaeve asks what he is doing in giladon galad replies that he has had orders from saladar um saladar uh, but that changed because of the prophet. As soon as Galad says the name Saladar, something clicks in Nynaeve's mind. Galad tells Nynaeve that he has been sick with worry for her and Elaine. He informs her that they will find passage for her in Elaine um, to Altara. And Nynaeve is stunned. Galad tells her that uh, all he can do now, uh, since his duty is there in Giladon. That's all he can do now, since his duty is there in Giladon. He asks where she and Elaine are staying so that he can get a hold of them when he finds a ship. But Nynaeve is reluctant to tell him. Galad swears on his mother's name, his mother's name, that he will let no harm come to them. Nynaeve finally tells him that they are with Valen Lucas' show, and Galad is shocked. He wants to buy them a room in town, but Nynaeve refuses, saying that it would attract too much attention if a white cloak were to go to any amount of trouble to secure a room for two women, and Galad finally agrees. 
Nynaeve, Uno, and Regan take off their uh, take off and head back to Val and Luca's show. Along the way, Nynaeve decides that having Uno and Regan around could be helpful. She learns that there are 15 Shinarans in total who are not completely de uh, devoted to Masima. She tells them that one of them will come each day to check in with her, but that they will otherwise stay away so as to not attract attention, unless a river arrives. Uno and Regan leave, and Nynaeve enters the menagerie grounds. She runs into Elaine and Briquette, when he, uh, who tell her that Luca, Tom, and Julian are out looking for her. Nynaeve tells them that all of this has happened, and also tells them about Sayadar. Um, or Saladar is the city where the outlawed Blue Aja are regrouping. Nynaeve suddenly realize, realizes that they have been walking towards where she and Briquette will perform their part of the show, and tries to talk Briquette out of it. Meanwhile, Elaine is talking about Galad. She says that Galad will hold his oath and that they can trust him, though she does not sound as if she particularly likes it. Brigitte refuses to do the show in the morning. When Nynaeve says that the light will, uh, that the light will be better, Nynaeve is positioned against a rough wooden fence. She is thinking about how she is now facing punishment for taking so many risks. When out of nowhere, an arrow embeds itself into the wood next to her. Her resolve breaks with a wail. When they are done, the crowd rushes towards Brigitte. Nynaeve hurries back to the wagons. Uno comes that night to speak to Nynaeve, and she tells him to try and make Masima and Galad find a boat as soon as possible. Yeah. So they're kind of... I forgot about this, honestly, because we, we follow Min, uh, and we were following Suwan, and they're trying to get to Salidar. And now we have, or Salidar, Salidar, however you say it. Uh, now we have right. Nynaeve here that Galad and the White Cloaks were going there. They had orders to go there. Right. And instead of go pester the outlawed blue or the, the renegade, whatever you want to call them, rebel Aes Sedai's, they are diverted, their forces diverted to Giladon to deal with the prophet and his uprisings and to look for dark friends there. They hate the witches of Tarvalin, and it's interesting that Galad just flat out says, this is where we were going to go, Salidar, and Nynaeve is like, holy smoke. So he says, um, in all the world, Nynaeve, only you would ask me the question I should be asking you, which is like, where are you going? Very well, I'll answer you. For all, it should be the other way around. I did have orders for Salidar in, Al in Altara, uh, but all changed when this prophet fellow, what? what's the matter? Are you Are you unwell? So he stops right there, sees an expression, and she realizes, bang, that's it. That's the place. That's where I'm supposed to go. How did I not know that? She was like, it was one of Eludra's fireworks going off in her mind. And she's like, okay, yeah, I need to, that's where we need to go. And Elaine has been kind of, you know, getting on her a little bit. Where, where are we going? What's happening? They're just trying to, they're just on the run, chasing the Black Aja, Mo Gideon, getting in trouble and they didn't really have a whole lot of direction. Now, here we go. We're now we know where to go. But as, as you just read, there's tons of um, stuff going on. They don't want to be discovered. The prophet is a very suspicious guy. You've got uprisings, lots of things going on here. The Shannarans are not huge fans of the white cloaks and Galad is a white cloak. He almost duels Uno right there in the, in the street. She keeps them separated and then gets back with the lane and, and basically says, yeah, it's, I know where we're going and let's get a ship. We got to get out of here. So uh, things are finally now yeah. picking up. Yeah. And do you think, um, and, and I guess we, well, let's, no, let's talk a little bit about uh, Nynaeve not wanting to do the, 
here she's trying to back get get her to back out of the it's scary man i don't know that i want to do it like it's it almost feels like real for naive to be like this is could die you know like i yeah i don't know the whole the whole time though yeah do you i don't do you ever really worry i mean for me it feels more like no. There, I mean, I never, Comedy. I never felt, I never felt worried for an Nynaeve. It's more so like Nynaeve. This is freaking Brigitte Silverbell. Okay. Right. Right. She's literally like a hero of the horn who's like been an archer for like thousands of years. Right. I think, like, I mean, she doesn't know that. I guess she should, but she, should, she just yeah, doesn't. She does. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I think the other thing too, and I wanted to mention this as they're going through Samar. And we're in Giladon. Nynaeve and Elaine have agreed to like not channel, not really yeah. do, like a little bit of channeling could give them away to the Black Aja. And we already saw the ch- chapter with Mo Gideon saying they're with a menagerie, go track them down. So they're trying to be really discreet and careful. And I think maybe she thought, okay, I, you know, if it were a normal situation, she could rely on the power a bit, but she also has to be angry and she's really just like afraid and nervous. And so it's not something she can't really channel. So that might be that might be a part of it, and also I just feel like this is brand new for her. I mean, actually, it's the screams and it's the nervousness that make the show better. And so Luca right. thinks it's like awesome. He's just freaking right. great, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of yeah. comical. All right. Okay. So that's kind of it for them uh, for this week. Now we're going to shift back in these next two chapters, and then we'll do 43 for uh, extended edition. Um, so let's go to chapter 41, The Craft of Kin uh, Tover. Um, so Rand, uh, as we're back, you know, with the IEL, Rand is overlooking the three camps holding the Kyrian and Tyran forces at his disposal. Their numbers are so small that he will not have a large impact on the outcome, that they will not have a large income on the uh, battle with the Shido. Most of the Kyrian and, and Tyrian forces are pinned down inside the city. The Kyrian and Tyrian forces are under the command of Lord uh, Weremon. Despite the fact that he immediately rushed to Kyrian when he heard of the city was being attacked, the man seems to have very little common sense. He thinks his forces alone are enough to drive the Shido off. He also seems quite ignorant of the significance of the increasing attacks on Tyr by the Ilian. Uh, Ran doesn't think it's necessary to inform him one of the, resa- the one of the Forsaken is responsible for that. Around Rand, a group of wise ones and clan chiefs gather. Rand spots Egwene and asks her if she has made a decision. Egwene says she will do what she can. Moraine disapproves of Egwene's using of the one power in battle, but remains silent. Rand decides uh, to get on with what he came to this place for. He starts climbing a ladder to a wooden platform, followed by a number of clan chiefs. Mounted on the platform are two brass-bound wooden tubes with glass lenses inside them. The devices are made by a man named Kin Tover. Rand uses one of them to study the terrain while Ruark looks through the other. Rand sees a spear being flung with tremendous force, uh, skewering two men at once. Unfortunately, the spear misses Kooladin, who was standing close to the two men. Rand wonders what to make of that. Other than that, he sees the city and what is left of the foregate. There are almost no Aiel in sight. Their battle plan is more or less ready, but this last look at the terrain may be useful. Kooladin doesn't deserve an easy way out. Things yeah. are heating up, as yeah, they are battle and stuff. Um, interesting. This Lord uh, Wireman or Weirman, Wireman, 
uh, shows up mm-hmm. and kind of is this one of those is, is, is a Tyron Lord. Uh, he's he's with this group and we'll kind of track him. This is one of those characters that we need to I need to focus a little bit more on because I was reading uh, reading up on him and some of the other lords who are involved in all the stuff here in Kyrian and Tyr. And they're interesting. They are they're a there's almost like a sub level to that come and go group of characters. These these are like minor minor characters that literally long stretches where there where there's a, not a lot of them, but they come back and we'll have to kind of keep re- reviewing them. So just keep that in mind as you, as you read ahead. Uh, and if anyone wants more details on these Tyron lords and some of the lords in Kyrian, we'll we'll try to focus on that as we go. But um, the Looking Glass, right, or the you know. This this invention, these uh, tube, this tube with glass lenses that you can like look through and see far distances. It's cool because it's like technology and inventions and things coming back. We have fireworks, you know. We see some things that mm-hmm. like that are tear hungry all that look like yeah, like ancient technology that to us is I don't know. It it's cool. It's a way to kind of blend the worlds and not know is this the future or the past or where where are we at in this whole world? But yeah, he uses that looking glass to look ahead, look at the look at the the fighting that's going on. Yeah, I see your face. What's up? Oh no no no! I'm just listening. Oh. I'm listening to you. Yeah. Oh, got you. I, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. So this is this is the setup for they're they're here at the edge, and we're looking at cool it in, and he does not deserve an easy way out. He's pissed because it's almost like the IEL now have a, it's a dark mark on them because the Shido are doing this. Uh, even the Tyron Lords are kind of confused. Like, are these, you're with these people. These are the people who are sacking the city and who are killing and doing all sorts of terrible things. And they see the IEL all as one group. Rand knows better. They're different clans and factions and the Shido are out on their own led by Kooladin and it doesn't look good. And it's going to be hard because, Kyrian is a place where they've had a lot of drama in the past. The Aeo War was basically fought uh, with Kyrian. And, and so, yeah, this is not, you know, this is like, it's no. almost like a recipe for disaster. I mean, it's like they ran. Remember, the, I think it was last time he says to the clan chief something about like he would hang any man who basically didn't follow his rules or didn't follow. Yeah. Yeah. He's because he I think he knows how dangerous this is it reminds me of that that lord of the rings quote where it's like you know stray but a little like the quest is on the edge of a knife stray mm-hmm. but a little this way or that and this could right. all go wrong <laughs> so yeah because you're bringing aiel you're bringing aiel further and further uh west yeah just not never a good <laughs> never a good. good idea yeah yeah uh okay as let's move over to uh last chapter for today which will be chapter 42 and um, then again, chapter 43 will be a part of our extended edition. So um, before the arrow. So this is one of those two-parter point of view chapters here. So Matt is drinking wine in the tent he shares with uh, Melindra or Melindara. Um, he has several days now to think about the Battle of Head. He is not a soldier, no matter what the memories in his head say, and he thinks it's time to leave. Maybe he'll go to Camelin or to Lugard. Matt gets up and goes to the tent Rand uses. He finds no one there except Rand's bard, uh, Natale. Matt doesn't like the man, and he asks if Rand will be back soon, but Natale doesn't seem to know. Matt looks at the map in the tent displaying Kyrian and the forces around it. 
apparently the Shido have as much as 160,000 spears around Kyrian, and the four clans that have chosen sides yet about as much. Together, their forces number the same as Rand's. It looks like he can take on one or the other, but not both. Lan walks in and asks Matt if he thinks Rand should try and crush the Shido now. Um, or and at, yeah, and caught up in the military planning, Matt replies without thinking. He says no for two reasons. First, they might push the Shido over the city wall into Kyrian. That would surely mean that would surely mean a bloody battle inside the city. The best thing to do is to try and shove them away. With the right positioning of forces, they can push Kuladin across the river. Lan asks what the second reason is, and Matt says four other clans might decide to join the battle on the Shido side. That would mean Rand has an enemy at his back. According to Lan, Ruark doesn't know uh, which way they will go yet. The warder nods at Matt's explanation, and Matt calls himself a fool for letting himself go like that. Uh, Rand arrives, and Matt blurts out that he means to leave. Rand doesn't try to stop him. He wishes him a safe journey and good luck until they meet again. Matt feels relieved when he leaves the tent, but in his head, he hears the dice rattling. Yeah, yeah, and that is it's that is that is a pretty cool little exchange in there because he talks about you know how he how, uh, it goes much further into it in the chapter about how Perrin had to leave too and Rand wouldn't try and stop him and wishes him best and and all of that stuff. Yeah, so this is a it's almost a little bit of manipulation. You see Rand kind of hardening here and Land. They know they've talked. There's a conversation before this whole chapter takes place where in which Rand is essentially like. Matt, something with Matt. Matt has a purpose here, and he's a strategy guy. There's more than meets the eye. He's talking in the old tongue. We've seen him battle. We've seen him. Do, he's Taviran. They use Lan to get him to look at the map, and basically, like Matt wants nothing to do with this. The start of the chapter, you're right. He says, "I'm not a hero, nor am I a soldier, and I need to just go do my own thing. I need to let the di- I need to dice it up. I need to drink." He could use a nice, you know, young lady out on the road. I mean, maybe Melindra wants to go with him. He just wants to be out on the road free doing his own thing. He doesn't like that he's Tavir and necessarily and bound to Rand. He knows that he has to do some of these things, and he's trying to get used to that. Rand knows that there's nothing he can do, and he's basically like, this is... He knows that Matt has a role to play, and while and he needs him now... So he uses land to have him come in, look at the map, see the strategy, talk about the Shido, the other clans, what would Matt do? And Matt basically spills some beans on strategy with land and lands land then reports it to uh, Rand and Matt's like bloody, you know, bloody water. Like, you know, I should have kept my mind focused and I need to get out of here. And as you said, the dice are rattling and he's thinking about all these different you know, uh, things in his part to play in, in the battle to come. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So next chapter is uh chapter or no, sorry. The next part of this chapter. So we shift over to Rand's point of view. Uh, Rand asks Lan if it was all like the last phrases Rand caught before coming in. The warder replies, Matt laid out their basic battle plan with a few glances at the map. The warder doesn't ask any questions. They are not Rand's to give anyway. Um, Rand knows he will draw Matt in again, and he will use the new military skill his friend has. But right now, there is another bat- battle that needs their attention. The clan chiefs enter, followed by a Weremont. The man will cause problems. Rand will have to set him straight, uh, and then Bale opens the meeting, announcing that he sees it, uh, 
he sees it the plan only but but the plan only needs minor changes Mm -hmm. yeah this is kind of cool let me let me read this part because i think it's interesting about matt Mm -hmm. and what's kind of going on so um uh yeah ran ran stood staring after matt long after the tent flap had fallen to hide him and ran says i only heard the last bit was it all like that and Land says, yeah, very nearly it was all that way. So it's this, this sort of this game that they're playing. He's like, oh, like it, it would be like if all of a sudden uh, Sir Matt started talking about quantum physics in a way that was like, holy smokes, man, who are you? Like, I've never heard you talk from? about that. Where did that? Yeah. Yeah. Where did that come from? And and so Land is studying the map saying, OK, Matt is seeing things that uh, he's looking at our battle plans, giving some commentary on on all of that. And um says he knows about about miners and siege and siege engines and using light cavalry to harry a defeated foe. Rand looked at him. The water showed no surprise, not the twitch of an eyelash. Of course, he was the one who had said Matt seemed surprisingly knowledgeable about military matters. And Land was not going to ask the obvious question either, which was good. Rand had no right to give the little answer that he had. So Rand thinks he knows a little bit about what happened to Matt in Rudion, by the way, and what has mm-hmm. happened to him in Tyr. He goes through the red door in Tyr. Again, same thing in Rudion. He's got his foxhead medallion. We talk about that in the beginning of this chapter, which is like Moraine can't touch him. The one power can't touch him. It protects him from Aes Sedai and Chandler's. Uh, he's got his Ashandara and he's got some some cool things. And he's got all of these thoughts and memories about battles and, and battle strategies and tactics. And Lan has picked up on some of that. And sometimes it just comes out. He just blurts it out and he's just talking about things and they're catching tidbits and helping you know instead of instead of him willingly help them lay out a battle plan or strategy he looks at it offhandedly and says a few things that help lan and ruark and rand plan this battle um so let me see here uh let's see he could have asked a few questions himself such as what did miners have to do with battles or maybe it was only sieges whatever the answer there was not a mine closer than the kin- closer than king slayer's dagger and no cert- and no certainty anyone was still digging or well this battle would be fought without the important thing was that he knew matt had gained more on the other side of that doorway terangrial than a tendency to spout the old tongue when not thinking. And knowing that, Rand would surely make use of it. And this is where Rand starts to think, I have to become harder. I may have to use my friends, and it's not something I want to do, but I must. I have to do these things. I had to use Perrin. I needed to, I needed Perrin to go to the two rivers. I need Matt to look over these battle plans. He doesn't want to, but I need him to. And yeah, he f- finds a way, so... And it is, I think it's smart, too, to have Land kind of goes in and sort of asks him just like, you know, sort of like not like, you know, not almost sort of like nonchalant way. And then it co- that is what causes him to do it. And yeah, smart on Rand's part for realizing how to sort of exploit this. Yeah. Thing that they're still figuring out with Matt. Yeah, absolutely. So, ah, yeah, it's, it's, it's so we're building up right here. So we're leaving you guys. So we'll come back with extended edition and do was it 43 this place this day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll come back with that and, and we can talk more about, um, the battle to come and their preparations, um, maidens of the spear, more rains involvement. Uh, what's about to, what's about to break down here, but yeah, it's a good batch of chapters. It's cool. We got a night. I like when they're strung together like that. And we have uh, a nice little catch up on Nynaeve like, and Elaine and then 
Yeah. Right. Back to random map. So still no Perrin. Man, and then we only have as we still Perrin, which is okay. It's how it goes. We're five bucks in, but you know. Uh right. still don't know why Matt exactly has all these things going on. Right. Uh because we have plenty more books to go, right? So right. um right. and hey, as we only have although speaking of that though, we only have two uh batch of chapters left in this book. I'm running to book six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh which is awesome. I'm pumped. Um I'm glad this will be this will be kind of neat. This is a this is the ending of this book is awesome. It's awesome. And I I like I don't know. So I say that and I can hear Sir Jimmy and some of our other friends going, seriously, <laughs> people who have read this. Uh Sir Matt is right here. This is exactly where he's at. He has not looked ahead or read ahead. So he is right with you guys as you listen to this. And when we dive into that next couple batches of chapters, things escalate quickly. I love it. I hope you guys are pumped for the ending of this of this book. It's it's just fantastic, in my opinion. Um, and I want to get people's reactions. I would love to get people's reactions as they go through the different books. And did you like the ending? Is where you left lacking in some way? Again, it's a, it's one book and a part of a, a series. So for some people, this is not you know the ending that they foresaw or the way they foresaw these things going. I, there's so many twists and turns. That Robert Jordan, he takes us on this adventure that he feels like is there's a lot of coincidence, there's fate, but yet it we don't really see how it's all woven together, and it just he takes you on an adventure, and I I love it. So, yeah, it's great. Uh, okay, as we have a we don't have a pigeon today. No, say. nothing today. So again, that's why I wanted folks uh, if you have thoughts on the ending of this, even even as we prep for the next two batches. If you're sitting there right there and you're you're a veteran reader and you've read this or you've read ahead a little bit and you know the ending, send us a pigeon or send us a message about that, uh, or even the start of the next book. I'd love to start getting people's just reactions and your thoughts. You know, just what do you think about this? Or if you're brand new and you're going through some of this stuff, even if it's stuff we've already covered and you're behind and you're like, well, hey, I'm back here in the Dragon Reborn or whatever. We take some time at the front of the show and we'd love to just sort of read and catch up on your feelings about the Great Hunt or the Dragon Reborn. We're always looking back and reflecting and trying to remember where characters are. And it's it's really good. I have to do this a lot. Go back and refresh myself and remember who these various individuals are and what the you know the, the plot lines and stuff like that it's 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 a lot to keep up in the old noggin uh and i do it all i hey, yeah. sir matt i try to do it all on the fly here i try to do it all just from memory on the fly with a little wiki help when i need it it is just a lot and it's it's great but wow absolutely awesome all right, guys, with that, we want to thank you for answering the call. In our next episode, we will be discussing the Fires of Heaven, Part 6, Chapters 44 through 49. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, friends, if you would, so we say this sometimes at the end of the podcast, if you haven't subscribed yet on Apple, kind of a big deal. If you could hit the subscribe button on Apple, on the podcast uh, player, if you're on Google Play, whatever it might be, subscribing is great for us. It really does help the podcast. Writing a review is a big deal. Uh, and also sending us that message at thehornofvalir at gmail.com. Awesome, guys. We will see you next time. And remember that the grave is no bar to our call.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.